Why is anybody up at this hour? Where are you up? Why am I up? I ask myself that every morning. Why is Mary up? Why is Jen up? Why are we all up? Well, we're up because you need us. We're a vital part of your morning. Duty calls. Without us, you'd just get on with your life. (laughs) We're up because we're done with work by 11 o'clock. Hey, don't start, Mom. Okay? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I hope you all had a fine weekend. I am back from... um, um, where I was, and uh, are you going to tell us how it was? You know, the, the, I had a, a colonoscopy, and because uh, you know I'm a grown up and stuff, <laughs> and uh, it was my third. Because uh, you know I like them, I like to go back. Again. They like you. <laughs> now I have a blood condition, which means I have to go back more than everybody else. But um, the prep, well, I'm not going to lie to you, the prep is more miserable than it's ever been. What? Yeah, it hasn't gotten any better. No. Didn't you try a new flavor? Well, they gave me, you know, they, they said, you like lemon-lime? I go, I don't like any of it. Yeah, especially to excess. <laughs> yeah, so a gallon of that. Anyway, I got physically ill because I was drinking it too fast because oh, I just wanted no. to get it over with. Apparently, you can't hold it up like a moonshine jug and just chug it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like in a crook of your wrist. Oh, Steve. But anyway, the test went fine. Um, the uh, doctor has no concerns. You know how I know that? Because apparently under anesthesia, I asked him about 11 times if he saw anything that concerned him. Say, so, did you see anything that concerned you, Doc? No, hey, Steve. Hey, Doc, I got a quick question I just ask you. Did you see anything that concerned you? Why did we not record this? <laughs> this would have been great. Maureen was actually disappointed. Because in the previous colonoscopies, I apparently said more ridiculous things. But I don't know if I was like stiff or something because you lay on your left side and I stretched my arm. She goes, who are you waving at? And I said, just the fans. Wave at the fans. <laughs> That's hilarious. What an idiot. She thought you thought you were on CLTV. I don't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, I'll uh, dig the list out and thank everybody at uh, Delnor where I had this done. Um, and my fanny recommends it. Um, we're glad everything came out okay. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Saw Beauty and the Beast at the Paramount with Abigail Grace. Oh, oh, that's, that's nice. That's so cute. It's great. How'd Did she, she like love it? it? Yeah, she tired a little bit at the end. You know, it was past both of our bedtimes. But uh, yeah, she was mesmerized. But you took a nap and she watched the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. She, actually, I'm trying to convince her she needed it. That's what's great about little kids. Try to convince her she had to take a nap because she'd be staying up past her bedtime. And after three hours of negotiation with the United Nations, um, she finally said, Pop, I'm not tired. And literally, 10 seconds later, I hear this. <laughs> out out like a light um and yesterday was uh, uh my uh grandson's uh, baptism wow. his family weekend we had a busy granddad weekend yeah it was great pop pops had a lot of time that's great for me uh the willowbrook high school choir is going to be in this morning yay that's my school i don't know it's your peeps and they're coming my, in early they're in the seven o'clock hour my gosh they must be up already on their way these, these are like kids that i think are decent are trying to make it back to school man it's an opportunity for you to skip yeah, I don't think these are not the type of kids who skip usually. Yeah, they these like school. The, yeah, yeah, they like school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackhawks tickets later because it's Monday. Ryan Nobles will be on later from CNN, as Dave said. Jeremy Carlton, Dave is obviously back. Dean is off today. We got a lot to do as always. Let's do it when we come back. I have these lucid dreams where I can't 
That's a uh, 21-year-old as of last week. 21-year-old rapper, entertainer, and budding superstar Juice World from Chicago, who died this weekend uh, after dropping at Midway Airport, um, having a seizure. Seemingly healthy 21-year-olds don't just drop dead. And we're standing by for an autopsy. Anyway, Courtney Guzman all over the story for WGN-TV. Good morning, Courtney. Hey, good morning, Steve. Yeah, so it's a very interesting story, and it's one story that's caught a lot of fans here in Chicago and really around the world by storm. Um, very upset about the death of rapper Juice World, 21 years old, as you mentioned, just turned 21 last Sunday, actually. And he was flying into Midway Airport from L.A. He has a home in L.A., coming back home to Chicago to celebrate his 21st birthday with family. That's according to friends. And it's our understanding he flew into a private hangar here in Midway on a private jet with friends and his his A-team entourage. And soon after he landed here, Midway, is when he went into this medical issue, TMZ reporting that it was a seizure, and the Chicago Tribune saying that it ended up resulting in cardiac arrest. We know that he was pronounced dead yesterday um, at Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn. Now, this is someone who grew up in Homewood, attended Homewood Flossmore, and recently signed a $3 million deal with Interscope Records. Um, Lots of questions surrounding as to why he just suddenly passed. Uh, What we're learning is that there were two members, a part of his entourage, on that plane with him, that private plane, that are now facing gun charges. We've been talking to Chicago police. They tell us these two men considered bodyguards for the rapper, a 27-year-old man now facing two counts of carry concealed charges at an airport and for having high-capacity magazines and metal-piercing bullets. And the second guard, a 36-year-old male, uh, now facing uh, unlawful use of a weapons charge. Now, these are all misdemeanors, but it's my understanding that there are multiple investigations into this rapper's death. Of course, as you mentioned, the autopsy is coming up later today as well as other uh, things that may have been happening or occurring on that plane. So we're standing by, digging for more details, trying to find out what happened to the Chicago rapper who was this rising star that many people, quite frankly, are mourning right now, including rappers like Chance the Rapper. We know him very well. In fact, Joe, Little Nas X, everyone sending condolences at this hour. Yeah, I'm 21 years old. It's tragic. You know, it's just it's, it's an awful story. Now, the autopsy, we don't live in a world where we wait for anything anymore. But in, in regards to the autopsy, we'll get some medical news here. Um, but people, of course, jump to conclusions. Um, right. Is there, there talk of uh, drugs or alcohol or anything else related to that? Are people speculating to you? Uh, there is some speculation going on, and, you know, we have to really stay, I try to stay away from that and, um, you know, make sure we get some concrete evidence here. So we'll have to wait until, you know, see what the medical examiner says about what it is that caused this 21-year-old to drop dead moments after touching down in Midway Airport. Seemingly healthy, there are videos that show him entering on the plane in L.A. on that end. There are videos from their time on board this private jet in the air, and everything everything seemed just fine with this uh, Chicago rapper. Um, so what it was, 
when he landed in Chicago, what caused him to drop dead just minutes later? That's the big question, and we're hoping to get some answers. We may not get them right away, let's be right. honest, because you notice um, when we have these autopsies, a lot of times they have to do these toxicology testing, and it takes six weeks to return oftentimes. So we may not get answers right away, but that's why it's important for us to figure out what's going on with these investigations. So we're reaching out, we're digging, trying to get more answers, and I hope to have some updates throughout the morning on WGN Morning News. Yep, on WGN-TV all morning. Courtney, nice work. Thank you. All right, thanks so much. Hey, it's Courtney Guzman from Channel 9. It is uh, 523 as uh, we continue. Uh, ben Margolitz coming up before the top of the hour. He's part of something called Rent Grata. Um, it's, uh, well, it's not complex to explain, but it's kind of an, uh, it's kind of an interesting concept we thought you should know about. After 6 o'clock, uh, we'll get to the top 6 at 6. And, of course, it's Monday, so Dr. Kevin Most will be on. And uh, every year on the show, he does this cool thing where he gives you medical Christmas gifts. Um, remember, Dave, when I got you uh, that uh, home colonoscopy kit last year? Yeah. And I said, I've got to have one. I use it all the time. <laughs> That's not right. Anyway, Doc will be on talking about that. And I mentioned the Willowbrook High School Choir coming up later uh, as well. Anybody else have a spectacular four or five days without me? Dave, where were you? Let's see. I was in, well... I was back and you were gone. Okay. I was in Boston. So you were here. I was I was here last week. Where yeah. was I? Oh, I know. You were the one who was out. Uh, yeah, we were in Boston in the middle of that snowstorm, right? That blizzard? Yeah, we, we went in. They got us in last Monday and the snow was, well, it had been snowing for a while and snowed all night and all day, but the snow stopped in time to get us out. Nicely timed. Yes, very nice. And the young Northwestern team up and down? Yeah, I mean, they... they Played at Purdue yesterday, which is a, a as good an environment as there is in college basketball, and a tough place to play with the young team. And they hung in there until about the last four minutes of the game, and then mm-hmm. Purdue pulled away. Well, they're very young. Away. They are young. They're and yeah. they get to the end of the game, they get tired. Some we get a little cranky. <laughs> yes, yeah, they need naps. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're young. Mary Vanderbilt, how was your four or five days? It was crazy. <laughs> I had a really busy weekend. Um, Running around? Yeah, I, I had a dance show yesterday, a ballroom dance thing. Why are we not getting video of these things? Because uh, I'm not sending them. Oh, we need was... video. Come on. Right? No. Or we need to know when you have one of these shows that no. we can come to. No. I would love that. <laughs> what about support from your family? Well, my family supports no, 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 me. No, no, no. I send my videos Your to my real family. family. This show. Well, I'll send because I, I kind of fear what you guys are going to do with it. <laughs> We're just going to show it to the world. Oh yeah, so. okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll find a good one. You're but, really good. We want to just we want to oh, see. Oh, thanks. It, it's very fun, and it's kind of like a family in itself. The ballroom dance world, you know, because everybody their family gets family, sick of it. Cult. The family gets sick of hearing about it, so they kind of desert us after a while. So we have our own little ballroom dance family. Well, that's the thing. I don't want you involved in one of these dance cults. Where no, uh, it's you not know, a cult. You... They're all nice people. Oh, okay. They're all okay. fun, and yeah, I had a craft show, and it was my uh, grandbaby's first birthday yesterday. Ah, sweet little Valerie. Yeah, Valerie, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And did she get everything she wanted? Did she well, get an empty box? We're going to celebrate next weekend. I did not see her. So, oh, okay. yeah, we're having a party next weekend. You're going to get together. smush cake in her face, are you? The smash cake? Yeah. I don't know. That's up to her mom. I'm not involved in that. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that. You don't like it? Remember last year, people were throwing cheese at babies' heads. Oh, yeah, like that yeah. that's slapping cheese on the face. That's not good. No. Yeah. No, Cake's no, okay, no, though. It's kind of fun. Not good. Yesterday, I barely escaped. Um, Abigail Grace came up to me with that sweet little three, almost four-year-old face of hers, and she said, Pops, do you want to have a picnic with me? <laughs> and I said, uh, sure, can I turn that down? Of course well, yeah. I do. 
And then she said, come on, under the table. <laughs> oh, no. And I said, uh, hey, you know what, honey? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll be the security guard outside your picnic to make sure nobody gets in. At the perfect time, one of Lauren, her mom's friend, stepped up and got under the table with her. Uh, that young lady being in her 20s. <laughs> Where Pops is at 58, and if I got under the table, I'd probably still be there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I sleep on my pillow every night. I nap on my pillows. I have my pillows all over my house. I can just fall down on the floor and fall on my pillow, and I'm fine. Uh, I recommend my pillow, as you know. Now, if you've experienced my pillow, you may want to try the my pillow bed sheets. Ooh, sheets! They're incredible. They make the perfect holiday gift. My pillow bed sheets are guaranteed to be the finest bed sheets you'll ever own. Right now, they're offering a buy one get one a free set of bed sheets as well, and plus shipping. Uh, the shipping's free. Just use the promo code WGN at checkout. You can get one of the MyPillow bed sheets packages for a family member or a friend and keep the other one for you. MyPillow bed sheets made with 100% certified Giza Egyptian cotton. Dave, that's the best, the Giza. You want the Giza. You want the Giza? Yeah, that's right. You're going to love how they feel. You like you like a nice, clean-smelling soft sheet, don't you, Dave? Absolutely. Yeah, not that stuff we slept on in Korea during the war. What? Huh? And MyPillow is extending their money-back guarantee through March 1st. Try them out, and if you don't love them, return them for a full refund. MyPillow bed sheets will make the perfect gift this holiday season. 800-299-9579. 800-299-9579. Or go to MyPillow.com. Uh, it's uh, MyPillow.com and the promo code WGN. Buy one, get one free of these fabulous bed sheets, and the shipping is also free. We had a criminal incident, accidental, I believe, last week, because I haven't been able to prove there was a crime. But MyPillow may be coming out with towels. You know, you make the pillows, make the bed sheets, and make the towels. So I was given a package of these towels. I said, take these home and try these. Well, it was a big package, big package of towels. And I had some stuff I was carrying in my car. And I set them down on a table. I didn't have my name on them or anything. And I got in a car, and I started driving away. I called. By the time I called Super Joe, they were gone, right? No no sign of them at all. Gone. You mean on a table here? Yeah, 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 yeah. On the on the giveaway table? Well, what's the giveaway table? Is that that long? That's that table? big yes. table, yeah. That's the near where fr- you sit. The free table. That's the free yeah. table. Oh, Steve, way to yeah. go! Well, as I said, I can't prove there was a crime, but <laughs> it's I can not pr- a crime. It's I a can giveaway. prove that yeah. somebody walked by and said, "I'll take these." If, if I were you, I would just say, "I'm a generous guy, and I gave somebody <laughs> oh, my towels." No. You know, Mary brought up the free table pretty quick. If you ask me, she hey, good, didn't she? Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you mean? Well, okay, there, yeah. cool. mm-hmm. I was here. All after those you. towels, Mary. Yeah, soft and fabulous. Continuing a little bit of money talk here. Um, did you know you could eat art? Did you know this? Eat art? Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Artwork. $120,000 piece of artwork was eaten over the weekend. By? Uh, the same person who stole my towels, apparently. I don't know. $120,000. This, this got a fair amount of viral play because, um, you know, if you're one of the people that thinks modern art is stupid, you're not all wrong. Like, you've been to the Modern Art Museum? I have. Over by the Hancock? Mm-hmm. There's some amazing stuff in oh, there. Oh, absolutely. There was also, at one point, a white block with one green dot in the center of it. I like that. You know, that really tests the theory of arts in the eye of the beholder. Um, but at any rate, uh, you probably heard, maybe you haven't, of Emmanuel Perrotin. By the way, does that sound like an artist or what? Emmanuel Perrotin. Emmanuel Perrotin. Emmanuel Perrotin. Uh, the uh, uh, the gallery wall at the Art Basel in Miami Beach featured one of his works. 
a banana duct taped to a white wall. That's it. Hey, you mean a real banana? An actual banana. Okay. Rather ripe, by the way. And I'm sorry, Paratine's a gallery owner. The actual artist is the work of an Italian artist named Maurizio Catalan. The work comes with a certificate of authenticity. Well, thank God it's not one of those imitation bananas with imitation duct tape attached to an imitation wall. Do you think it was kind of like Elaine eating that super expensive cake? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. That was a wedding cake. Yeah. I don't remember for who. Like the banana was good, and then they found out how expensive it was, so they stopped for a minute, but then replaced it with other older... Right. Trying to find some Exactly. They went to the store. Uh, a New York-based performance artist named David Datuna ate the banana about 145 in front of a convention center full of art lovers. Now, there's a belief here that this was all set up as a stunt. And really, that's the only thing that makes sense. Because, again, it's a banana duct taped to a wall. It's the kind of thing you would have gotten in trouble for as a kid. Your parents would have looked at you and said, what's the matter with you? He did not destroy the artwork. The banana was an idea, said someone. That would be Lucien Terrace, Director of Museum Relations for Gallery Parotine. That's where all of my dogs playing pool, dogs playing poker, dogs ice skating. That's where all my stuff is. Your collection. Yeah. This brought a lot of attention and tension to the booth. We're not into spectacles. Of course you are. The gallery owner was about to head to the airport when he heard the banana was eaten. He darted to the space, clearly upset. A fair a goer, art fair goer, tried to cheer him up, handed him his own banana. Because that's really all you need to fix it. Paratine and a gallery assistant retaped the ban- the banana to the wall just after 2 p.m. So in total, the banana was missing from the wall for 15 minutes and the art world was turned on its head. Now, you have to remember, the new banana was put up by the art gallery owner, not the artiste. So now, I mean, it's not worth $120,000. I would have paid $120,000 for the original, but no, Mr. Smart Guy had to eat it. The new banana on the wall, what's a banana cost? Well, I don't know. You can't really buy a single banana, can you? Yeah, you can. Oh, you can? Yeah. Based Depends on if weight. it's organic. I think there's 17 cents at Trader Joe's. 17 cents for the banana, a nickel for a strip of duct tape, find a wall. <laughs> Saved yourself $119,000 plus. Art is in the eyes of the beholder. Do you remember the Banksy one that got shredded? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this just mm-hmm. sounds like they were trying to upstage uh, that. You know, let's... Oh, well, now we'll eat it instead think, of shredding. I think they're creating a little attention for the uh, gallery powder team. So, now you know. Uh, this is the important stories I'm bringing to you. Text her from the 412. Steve, what is it with you radio people? When someone gets fired at WGN, you treat them like they had cancer and you're not allowed to say their name. Well, first off, I don't know what that... Why are you not allowed to say someone's name if they have cancer? I don't understand what that means. With social media, it's easy to find out what happened to them. Well, if it's easy to find out what happened to them, why don't you keep your radio on and actually listen, 412, because I've been talking about this for the last three weeks. We didn't hide anything. No. Bill and Wendy were released. We love them. They're going to be fine. It's a tough business. The new owners decided to make a change. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you have not, not hidden that. Meanwhile, Steve the limo driver, and Steve the limo driver is a fabulously loyal listener. He's a great guy. Has sent me a picture, and it looks like a lemon. It's, it's scotch taped to a wall. He says thirty nine ninety five. So if you'd like a lemon scotch tape to a wall, Steve's willing to make that happen for you. I think that might be duct tape. Is that duct tape? I don't know. 
Well, you got to take a look. Pretty clear stuff. Ben Margulet joins us. Ben's got a cool new concept, generated quite a bit of venture capital, and uh, if they're going to throw a bunch of money at you, Ben, I think you're smart to take it. <laughs> I, uh, I think I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, we've had a, a good, good influx from uh, from a few folks here in the Chicago market and throughout the Midwest. Um, certainly generated interest from from across the country, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. It's called Rent Grata. Rentgrata.com. I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but how's it different from a co-op? Um, so, so Rentgrata is a referral insight, or oh, sorry, it's a renter insights platform. And what we do is connect prospective renters with current residents who signed up as ambassadors of the community. So this gives prospects who are interested in a given apartment building the opportunity to reach out to their peer, right? Someone they can relate to who lives in the building, ask them how they like the place and ask them about their experience. And if they end up signing a lease and moving in, they and the current resident they spoke to split the referral money offered by the management company, which is typically anywhere from 200 to a thousand dollars. It's great. And right now we're working with about 250 properties uh, across the country. All right, well, that's interesting, because I did not understand the concept. I apologize for that. But Rent Grata, um, it's a cool new way to find a place to live. So how do you, I don't understand how you put the people together. Yeah, yeah, good question, right? So, so when we start working with a new management company, we, uh, we work with the on-site team to, um, to kind of get the word out to the current residents and, and announce this like partnership with Rent Grata as a way for them to make more referral money. Sure. So we, pro- we provide the leasing team with like slightly customized like marketing collateral for them to send out. And from that one touch point, we'll get five, 10, 20 residents to sign up like right off the bat. And so our, like the, the principal like renter or consumer facing component of our platform is this messenger widget, which we call a Rent Grata messenger that lives on the property's website, right? So if you go to that go to that property's like individual website, you would see in the bottom left or right hand corner this messenger that you can click and expand, and right there you would see that list of residents who have signed up. And part of that part of that profile creation process for that current resident when they're getting signed up is to select these attributes that kind of describe their renter situation, right? So whether they live in a studio, a one bed, uh, if they're a commuter, um, if they work remotely, if they have a dog. So it gives the prospect an idea of who they might want to reach out to, to, to give them you know, the, you know, the best chance of understanding what it's like to actually live there, given their own situation. How do you vet them? Because uh, you don't want, uh, and I don't know how you would do an algorithm for this, but I'm sure you guys have figured it out. Um, you don't want the idiot friend syndrome where, um, hey, this guy would be great if he lived here, and he turns out to be the idiot friend, and he's not a great tenant. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, so we give the, like, when we start working with a new property, like, we'll, we'll tell them, like, hey, you should absolutely offer this opportunity to every resident in the building, give them, give them the chance to uh, be a part of the platform if they'd like. Um, but the property has insight into all the activity that, that goes on, so they can see, they can see all the residents who have signed up. They can see which prospects have talked to which residents. They can see who's in line for what referral amounts. Um, so if there's like, uh, if they ever get 
like the the sense that you know, the, the the community that's participating in rank rata isn't going in the direction that they'd like it to like we can we can address that together we haven't had that issue arise to date but but certainly you know something that can happen and we might want to keep an eye on that's my, my gift to you that's the kind of guy i am uh <laughs> Uh, ben Margolet, uh, Ben, uh, listen, I think it's a really interesting idea. Rent Grata, uh, that's rent, G-R-A-T-A dot com. And I assume this is a home run for Gen X and Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we're, um, so what, what What we're really trying to do is help these communities, these these multifamily properties, build just that, build build a community like within within these properties, right? And and what our what our generation wants to do more than anything is is reference our peers when we're trying to make a decision about something. So rank rata just makes it that much easier to do so. And that's kind of that's kind of how the idea came about in the first place, right? So there's um, so um, I, have, I have two other co-founders, uh, Sam and Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam and Zach were both living here in Chicago. Uh, Zach was living in a high-rise apartment building in Streeterville, and in like consecutive weeks, ran into people he had known for a while, uh, who had just moved into his building. He had no idea that they were thinking about moving in, and they had no idea that he was already living there. So they missed out on the opportunity to uh, reference him about sure. his experience, and he missed out on the $1,000 referral reward offered by the property. So... He told Sam what had happened, um, and then Sam and I were random freshman year college roommates. Um, I've been great friends ever since. Always used to bounce business and ideas off one another. Um, so Sam, knowing my background in multifamily and in real estate, thought to reach out to me. And so the three of us put our heads together about three and a half years ago now, um, and I was living in Southern California at the time. Um, and so that's and then the, the, That's how you the got rest it. is history. Well, congratulations. Rentgrata.com. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you, Big Chef. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. There you go. It's Ben Margulet. Nice guy. Yeah. Good idea. You know, you have a good idea. You got to do something with it. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But they've got a, you know, few, a few million thrown at them already by venture capital firms. So some folks uh, like it and they're throwing their money at it. Six-year-old. Great segment. This is why we miss Bill and Wendy, and if you love them so much, why are you so angry to talk about them? <laughs> you people are trying to make me crazy, aren't you? You're trying to make my head explode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another text, he says, I taped a piece of clear scotch tape to my wall. I called it, look really hard. <laughs> I'm offering it for sale for $2 million. All right, Jen, what do you got for us uh, as a business outlook and market outlook goes? Well, now the Associated Bank Market Desk outlook for Monday, December 9th. Asian shares are mostly higher, cheered by a buying mood on Wall Street that came at the end of last week. Stocks closed broadly higher on Wall Street after the government reported that employees added far more jobs than expected in November. Benchmarks in Japan, Australia, and South Korea are higher in early trading, but those in China lost earlier gains to inch down. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained more than 300 points. Investors also were encouraged by China, saying it would waive punitive tariffs on soybeans and pork from the U.S. as those countries continue trade negotiations. Dow futures are down 17 points, NASDAQ futures down four and a quarter, and the S&P 500 futures are are down one and three quarters. 
And that's a look at the markets early this Monday, December 9th. There's a story that came up over the weekend about a uh, another stupid thing that a guy did that he should have been called out for, and he was in about 30 seconds on Twitter. I speak of the Savannah Bridge Run and a TV reporter um, who got her, her butt slapped while she was doing a live shot. Now, if anybody is uh, not noticed, when TV reporters are out doing live shots, there's always some drunken clown who wants to get in the background and wave his arms and say hi, mom, or do something more ridiculous. So this particular reporter is from WSAV-TV in Savannah. Her name is uh, Alexandra Bozargian, and uh, she goes by Alex on the air. And she's minding her own business. She's doing a report. She's, a, frankly, a little close to the runners. They're having to get around her, but that's a producer and a cameraman's problem. And uh, one guy runs by, slaps her on the butt, and keeps running. Now, she was shocked, as she had every right to be, and then later on responded in a tweet um, uh, saying, for the, uh, for the guy that smacked me on the behind, um, you, I can't find the specific tweet here, for the guy that smacked me on the behind, you demeaned me, you degraded me, and, uh, and how dare you? Well, the internet got behind it. The people of Twitter found the guy's name, his address, uh, a previous criminal record. Um, it was all on Twitter within the hour. And uh, as far as picking him up goes, because he's only on camera for a second, all they had to do was see his bib number and to go to the registration for the race and then backtrack it through there. So, you know, if you're going to be an ass, just know that you uh, are going to be found out. Uh, in the case of this guy, he should have been outed. Now, it brings up the larger question, however. What kind of world are we living in now where you can be have your entire life turned over on Twitter and social media that quickly? Well, that's where we live, kids. Yeah, That's where we are. So, will this guy lose his job? Will he be charged with a simple assault uh, charge or, uh, or battery? And there's a lot of questions that can be ferreted out. This uh, young lady has a couple of lawyers already standing up saying, yeah, you ought to go forward to this. It's 2019, almost 2020. You don't get to be just an oaf and a jerk. You never should have, but it's over. That's the interesting thing, too. Like, you just don't walk up to random people who are doing jobs like construction workers yeah, and, and touch them. But for some reason, television reporters, it's like, hey, we should go and touch them. We There's should go and try to kiss them. Yeah, exactly. There have been women who have been forcibly kissed while on the air. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea, there's a lot of people who go, well, walk it off. God, you're a grown-up. Walk it off. You walk it off. It didn't happen to you. And so many of them handle it so well. I thought this kid did a great job. You know? I mean, she was shocked, but she got back to her live shot, and she got out of it. So, but the idea that women just, you know, kick the guy, punch the guy, yell at the guy, whatever... You don't know what kind of nut... Listen, if the guy's nutty enough to smack your behind, and he doesn't know you, he's not a part of your life in any way, well, you don't know what he's going to do if you're a woman. So I, I, I actually hope she presses charges on this guy. Just to teach him a lesson. So, um, But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to be regretting his actions anytime soon. No. And I know that because I saw it on Twitter. That's right, and that makes it true. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the Top 666. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables (laughs) will be talking about today. 
Top six at six. Here we go. Item number one, a Saudi pilot's deadly shooting rampage in a naval air station classroom is investigated now as an act of terrorism. Uh, the president did not exactly come down hard on the leaders of the Saudi kingdom. Uh, Friday's attack in Pensacola left three dead and eight others, eight others injured. The shooter was fatally shot by a deputy. FBI identified the suspect as a member of the Saudi military and student naval flight officer at the Naval Aviation School's command. How he got a gun in that particular facility remains to be seen. One of my cousins is at that naval base. It's got to be awful. Yes. Terrible. He was on lockdown for, I think they still are, actually. I'm not quite sure, but for a long time. Very scary situation. They're not allowed to carry sidearms, so are they? safe. No, I don't believe so. No, no. I don't think so either. Mm-mm. Next. If anybody's ever been to this island, I'd love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. It's a small island uh, off the coast of New Zealand called White Island. And uh, I guess 10,000 or so people visit it every year, which is not a lot by tourist numbers. But there were about 50 people on the island yesterday. It's a small island with a big volcano. And the volcano went off. It had been spewing mud and sputtering for days. And there were about 50 tourists on the island when the eruption occurred. At least five people are dead. Many, many others missing. Uh, And the eruption sent a, a steam, a plume of ash and rock. Five Five miles into the sky? Is that possible? I guess. 25,000 feet. It seems I was even hearing reports of seven miles into the sky. So, yeah, definitely. The scary video from tourist boats who are nearby, as you see this gigantic cloud of ash and rock that you can't breathe. And the boat's trying to get out of the way. Fair amount of the 50 tourists that were there were tourists from Australia on a cruise ship that had made a, a, a stop at the island. Which is one of the regular ports. So, scary stuff. But that's a video you're going to see all day. Next. You know what Christmas tree syndrome is? It's a thing. Christmas tree syndrome. Live or fake? Live. Oh. My comedian friend Jim Gaffigan talks about it all the time. We go, uh, why is it any wonder people think we drink? Christmas time comes around. We take lights from the inside. We put them outside. We take live trees from the outside. We drag a tree inside. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Um <laughs> Ever heard of a Christmas tree syndrome? Well, look, it's an allergist that introduced the term with two studies suggesting that live Christmas trees can be covered in mold and cause breathing issues. People with asthma or allergies are particularly susceptible because 70% of the molds found in live trees can trigger severe asthma attacks, fatigue, and sinus congestion. So if you're sneezing and there's a real Christmas tree in a house, one plus one equals tree. Huh. Huh. That's what's going on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wonder- <laughs> we actually had the, the uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas vacation uh, issue at my house once when we were a kid. With a, a squirrel? squirrel? A squirrel in a tree. <laughs> Not kidding. Come on. In your house? In a house. No way. Brought the tree in a house, set it up, heard a little rustling. Next thing you know, a little baby squirrel got out running oh. around. There's no way. What'd you do? Well, we chase the squirrel. What do you think? You live with us? What do we do? How'd we, you get him out? What do we do? We tossed him the remote. Did he knock over somebody's wig? <laughs> you raised him into an adult squirrel. We brought him up, and I'd like to bring him out right now. Yay! Yeah, we had a beehive in uh, in our tree one one year. I think that's the last time we had a real tree. Well, and because it's oh, cold outside, yeah. it isn't until like, you bring them inside and it warms up that they do things. Like one, you know, at one point right. could have been a bear. Well, we usually keep ours in the garage for a couple days just to get all those varmints out of there. You know, just in case. Well, that's smart. Well, I said to my husband, he brought it in right away this time. I go, what if there's a mouse in there? Get it out. Yeah, well, that's how you got the skunk in the garage. Yeah. yeah. And the possum. 
Uh, next, between 1.7 and 2.5 million flu-related illnesses have already been reported this year, and forecasts suggest the flu activity is going to continue to rise, according to a statement released by the CDC. 40% chance it'll peak in December. What month is it now? <clears throat> it's December. December yeah. Do you have your flu shot? We all did. I have not. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. I wasn't, you, well, you here. missed the Dac most I wasn't shots. here, and I haven't had time to oh, get it. Oh, make Dave. time, fella. I know. I need to get you got, it. And it's got a two-week, uh, whatever the term is, it takes two weeks to take effect. Or did you not get one out of protest, Dave? I wasn't here. Yeah, but did you skip it, and now, now you're mad because you weren't here? <laughs> no. No. Are you one of those pro-flu, anti-flu shot guys? <laughs> yes, that's Like Andrea me. was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Most coming up, by the way. Next. Chipotle Mexican Grill supposedly has a team of health professionals on hand to make sure you're sick if you call into work sick. So, Vivian, I don't know how this works. So when you when you call in sick, I work at Chipotle and I call in. Like, right now, I'm done mm-hmm. with this cold, but it's one of those days where you sound like you still have it. So uh, I call and say, yeah, hell, I can't come in today because uh, I'm sick and I don't want to handle any of the, uh, you know, the rice and stuff mm-hmm. and the chicken and the... So they make you... And the pork <laughs> and the steak. I don't want to make people sick. So I'm going to stay home, okay? And then what happens? So yeah, so then they get a nurse that they hire to make sure that you are, in fact, sick and they'll give you that day off. But if you're not, then you have to go to work. They come to your house? Um, they they ask you to yeah, go and they, to and the they bring nurse. you a burrito. Here, <laughs> <laughs> eat this. <laughs> yeah, that's the test. If you eat if the you burrito, can eat a spicy then burrito. You're not sick. <laughs> <laughs> I had chipotle last night. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a young workforce there, so let's generalize as much as possible. Mm-hmm. A young workforce, it's not as reliable. It's part time job. Maybe they want to go out and get hammered with their friends, mm-hmm. and they're gonna. Oh, yeah, I don't feel good. I should have come in. I should definitely not be around food. Yeah, and then so they, and then the, the nurse calls. So yeah, they need a nurse doctor's ratchet. note. Yeah, they need a doctor's mm. note, and then the nurse has to validate that. And obviously, they can just uh, get fired or uh, quit if they don't like it. <laughs> or that. Um, so I guess Chipotle is trying to let you know that they're not having a bunch of people are sick touching your food, right? That's that's kind of what they're trying that's to. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And finally, this right. Carol Spinney was guest on this show many times. Very gentle, very sweet man, and uh, died at eighty-five at his home in Connecticut. You're thinking, I know that name from somewhere. Of course you do. Carol Spinney was the voice of Big Bird, and also operated the Oscar the Grouch uh, puppet as well. Oh, I'm sorry, David. It's pu- it's a puppet. It's not a real thing. Oh. Thanks for telling me on live radio. Yeah, I should have broken it to you in another way. Sesame Workshop said in a statement, the legendary puppeteer lived for some time with a condition called dystonia, causing involuntary muscle contractions. Well, God bless him, and I, I just think it's, it's great that Big Bird's in heaven now. Now, we'll have a Big Bird here, but the original Big Bird is in heaven now, entertaining those that are with him. Gotcha. Probably gets his own cloud, don't you think? I would hope so. And it's always sunny. Sunny days. By the way, uh, another moment from uh, the weekend, hanging out with the world's greatest granddaughter, Abigail Grace. It's a very funny little squirt. And Mary is the other grandparent on the show. I think you'll enjoy the story. So we're Panera. Mm-hmm. Grandma, Maureen, she gets up to go to use the bathroom. And Abigail looks at me. And you know when something's funny is coming, because she gets a little smirk on her face. She gets a little smirk on her face. She goes, Pops! Because it's always that loud. Pops, do you love Grandma? Oh. I said, well, of course. She waited till she left to go <laughs> she, to the bathroom. I said, why? I said, did you send something? Yes, of course. She goes, why? 
Oh. And I said, well, she's nice, and she's sweet, and she's pretty, and she's funny, and she's a great grandma. It's all of that. It's perfect timing. Pause. Smile gets a little bigger, and she goes, well, she was eaten by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's terrible news. What do you mean she was eaten by a bear? Yep, she was eaten by a bear. And I almost fell out of the, the, the booth. I was laughing so hard. She never. She just kept that little smile on her face, like you know, mic drop moment, and walked out of the room. What did you tell Maureen when she? Got I said, "You look good for somebody who was eaten by a bear." And guy just survived. Ah, I love that. God, kid. the kid things they say. So it's hilarious. So I'm in the other room. I'm talking to Doctor Most off the air, just kind of, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Turns out we're on the air. Let's go live to Doctor Kevin Most now. Anyway, I'll fig- I'll finish that conversation we were having later. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, it says 639. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's, don't you love it when in the middle of December you're in the 40s and yet at uh, Halloween it was snowing? So it's an upside down world. Upside yeah. down world. Hey, I want yeah. to thank some of your people at Northwestern Medicine. Of course, you're sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. I, I was talking about uh, having a colonoscopy last week, not because I enjoy talking about that part of me, but yeah. because I think it's important that people understand this is a test you have to have after you're 50 years old. And uh, in some cases, younger, if you have medical issues, and, 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 and this is the third time I've had it done. Uh, they don't get any easier as far as the prep goes. The procedure itself is a piece of cake. And uh, there's a great team at the Northwestern uh, Medicine Surgical Services at Delmar. I just wanted to thank these folks. Up front, Sandy and Christy. Scrub tech was Renee. Post-op nurse, Nancy. Pre-op nurse, Yessi and, uh, and Shelly. Uh, phone nurse, um, I can't tell if that's Maggie. I think it says Maggie. The nurse, the anesthetist, he tried to say. Uh-huh. Uh, Lucci, the, anest- the anesthesiologist, Dr. Reed, and the uh, physician was Dr. Zubair. Just great folks. Yeah, it is. You know, and like you said, you know, the test is not, you know, a lot of fun. At least the prep of it isn't a lot of fun, but it is important. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of hospitals have this down, but I, I do think that CDH and Delmore <clears throat> certainly have it down as far as making the experience as painless as possible and try to make you feel as comfortable as possible the whole time. Got to believe that you guys have heard some ridiculous things while people are under anesthesia. Yeah, I think if an anesthesiologist could write a book, um, you know, because there's a medication we give called Versed. It kind of it releases some of your anxiety, but it's also you forget everything. You have no clue what you've said. Right. <clears throat> so you have to be really careful when you get that drug of who's around you. Well, apparently, as you know, I interview people for a living. Uh-huh. And apparently I asked Dr. Zubair the same question about 47 times. <laughs> and that was, hey, Doc, you see anything that concerned you? No. 30 seconds later. Hey, Doc, I just thought of this. You see anything that concerned you? <laughs> He's very patient with me. I have to give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good gastroenterologist out here. And, and like like we said, you know, the importance of finding any early issues where we can treat essentially colon cancer before it develops. So the importance of colonoscopies, which we usually talk about in like May, uh, is, is very important. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at Eddie Olchek and exactly. So, yep. Yeah. He was stage four, right? Yep. I mean, that's incredible. Stage four, stage four and under 50. Incredible. Yep. Um, and I will say this, I, well, I always love when people are, you know, nice and they say hi and, or if you're not so nice and you say hi. Um, but people say, hey, enjoy the show. A bunch of folks out there are listeners. Um, 
I, I don't the transition from really enjoy the show and by the way you're going to be really gassy for a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough for me. It's tough. I prefer you just leave it at you like the show. Yeah. Yep. I'll figure out the rest. <laughs> figure later. out the rest on my own. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you to everybody at the uh, Northwestern uh, Medicine Surgical Services uh, situation out there at uh, Del Mar. Um, all right, six forty-three, Doc. We're going to talk about uh, Christmas gifts, health gifts you can get for anybody. These are under fifty bucks. This is all great ideas. Um, let's start with something that's good, that's not as uh, easily to get uh, easy to get as it used to, but just a good old magazine. Yeah, you know we 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 don't really think of magazines as health related gifts, but I can tell you if you get I get Men's Health and I get Men's Journal. Yep. You know those are both great. So for that father grandfather, uh, you know a simple gift it gives throughout the entire year. If there's two or three things in the magazine that that they get each month that makes them think about their health or teach them a new way to exercise, teach them something to eat. So that's a gift that keeps giving, and it's, you know, it's under 10 bucks. you know. So it's, uh, it's a great gift for the, uh, the continuous, and it's not like here's a bad sweater. It's a, something that they're going to look forward to every month when they get it. I can tell you it's a great magazine. I enjoy reading it. There's men's health. There's women's health. There's plenty of them out there. Um, even just cooking magazines, uh, healthy cooking magazines, again, just keeps uh, the, the gift that keeps giving through the year. Um, and we'll come back and talk about more of these, but also the reading part of it, too, right? I mean, reading is oh, good yeah. for your mind. Absolutely. So, um, I'll get off this uh, topic literally and figuratively, but what's the story, Doc, according to a texter here with a virtual colonoscopy? Uh, like we see on TV, those uh, sample kits and things. Yeah, so so there's, there's interesting things going on actually with colonoscopies. One um, that we're going to be able to do a capsule endoscopy a lot better. That's where you swallow a camera essentially, and it works its way through your colon. It's there now. It's, it hasn't been perfected to a point where it's really great. Um, two, we can do a Cologuard. You've probably seen that uh, ad on TV. Mm-hmm. That's where they're actually looking for specific DNA of uh, colon uh, cancers. And then uh, the third, the, the other virtual is now the imaging is getting so good with CAT scans and with MRIs that they feel that eventually the colonoscopy may be replaced just by imaging. So uh, those are the three ways now that are potential in the future to really uh, make the colonoscopy essentially go away. Stand by, Doc. More to come. Let's get to the uh, weather. And standing by with the weather, Jen DeSalvo has it. Jen, you know, in the 80s, I was part of that test group that I actually had to swallow a Sony Handycam. Really? Yeah, it's about eight inches long. Yeah, it's very you know weighed a couple of pounds. Remember those days, the handicaps? I do. Sure, yeah. I have. Wasn't one. easy to swallow I that. I'll tell you that no. right now. How'd that come out for you? A whole handicap. Yeah, it's crazy. But I do that for others. I'm a giver. Sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. We'll get to the Northwestern Medicine newsroom coming up in a bit here. But uh, we thank Northwestern Medicine always relentless in their pursuit of better health care. All right, Doc. Uh, you know we talked about magazines. Um, there's a book that I know you like called The Complete Book of Questions. Are these all medical questions? No, not at all. Not at all. It's questions that would stimulate a conversation. You know, we talk now about how, uh, look at this, the, the generation that's growing up right now where their head is in their iPhone and they're communicating by text. The phone doesn't even need to be a phone anymore because everyone texts. There's no conversations, and we're missing out a generation of the power of that for mental health to make you think, to be challenged by others, um, and to act quick on your feet in verbal responses. So we're missing out on that. And this book is just a book that sits on the table. You're all sitting around at night, and mom or dad says, hey, everybody put down the phones 
and let's talk about something. Well, it's difficult to just come out of the air with something that is besides politics right now. So it's very easy to take this book, and it's just a book with questions that would bring up a conversation and, and interesting to see and hear how your kids think and how they feel. And uh, we're missing out on that for, by, with the entire generation right now. Now, as you know, I'm a yoga master. Yep. Um, and uh, have been for a long time. Yep. Um, but uh, a simple yoga mat or a foam roller is something to encourage somebody to do what's right for their body? Yeah. So especially seniors, especially as we age, your flexibility goes down and your core strength goes down. Yoga is what? great for, yeah. Think about yoga. What is it good for? It's good for building core, good for flexibility, good for balance. All things that we really want to stress in seniors because we want to decrease their risk of falls and we want to keep them as mobile and active as we possibly can. Now, two things there, too. One is it's simple. You can watch uh, yoga on, uh, on the video and also it's a social interaction, too, for that individual who goes to a yoga class and now is interacting with people. So from a senior's point of view, it's great for social uh, isolation as well as flexibility and balance. The roller is good, actually, for people with low back pain, and uh, it actually helps with uh, uh, stretching and flexibility of the back as well. Is there trigger points that it releases, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely with yoga. You know, the endorphins that make you feel good mentally as well as physically are so key uh, with those, those types of exercises. You say an insulated collapsible lunchbox uh, is a great gift idea. Why? Because you bring something healthy to eat as opposed to just doing takeout? Exactly. So if you think about it, you, you go to, if you go to, out to lunch every day, there's chances are that three out of the five days you probably made some bad choices at lunch. Um, and the other thing is then you're kind of stuck to eating in the McDonald's or eating in, uh, I shouldn't pick on McDonald's, but eating in a fast food restaurant. Whereas with the collapse of a lunchbox, it's healthy. You control how much, the volume, you control the quality of the food. And two, it allows you now to go somewhere else to have lunch, get you uh, out of the office, out of the uh, fast food restaurant. If you're downtown, you can walk by the lake and eat. So a couple of things there, mental health, as well as your caloric intake, as well as the quality of food and, uh, and the, the quantity of food. So um, people might laugh about it, but really, if you use it, you'll eat healthier and you'll be in a better mental health position as well. Well, new headphones, new earbuds? Yeah. You know, there's two things about that. One is when we look at hearing right now, we damage our hearing quite often by listening to music that is too loud um, and being exposed to other outdoor noises. So the the noise-canceling headphones or earbuds are great for two reasons. One, it gets rid of all that excess uh, ambient uh, noise that we're hearing. If you haven't used them uh, on an airplane, they're unbelievable. But even if you're in a loud environment, you're going to protect your ears as well. So that's really important and something that we don't talk about enough. Um, An appliance is a gift for Christmas or a birthday. Generally, not a great idea. However, You can enjoy fried foods. This is Dr. Kevin Moss going to tell you how you can enjoy fried foods. Okay, magician, what do you got? Yeah, you know, you've probably seen ads for air fryers, and I I strongly recommend if you're going to give an appliance, this is the one to give from a health point of view. So if you like fried chicken, if you like fried shrimp, if you like French fries, this eliminates 90% of the fat by cooking them with hot air. And I'll tell you, they taste great. Chicken wings, um, you know, Again, if you get rid of the skin on that portion of it. But for the most part, anything that you would fry before, 
you can use these air fryers. They cook well. They're very easy. They're fast. And I'll tell you, the decrease in the amount of fat, because you're not frying them, is being cooked with hot air. But it is, they're great. And from a health point of view, anybody whose family has a heart history, this is a great gift for the, the entire family because it will continue to give through the year. And these air fryers, where do you buy them? Anywhere? Oh, yeah, you can buy them at Amazon. You can buy them anywhere. They're they're all out there. And you can buy smaller ones, larger ones. Depends on the size of your family and what you want to cook. Um, you know, I'm a big chicken tender guy. I love them. And I can tell you that in the air fryer, they're very quick, faster than the oven, and they're not fatty at all. So it's really good. Um, do the air purifiers work? Air purifiers do work. Um, it's interesting, you know, depending on what your house and your house environment is, if you have uh, anybody who smokes in the house, it definitely will help. Uh, if you if you have a house that circulation is not that great, you get some musty odors at different times of the years, it works. So anybody who has asthma, anybody who has COPD, any of those lung-related ones, this is a gift that is not, uh, not a bad idea because once people turn them on, they're like, oh, my gosh, what a difference this makes in their breathing, and it may not trigger their asthma. Um, people should smoke outside, but if they don't, they're exposing it to their families, and these at least will take a lot of those particulates out of the air. And you don't need to spend more than 150 bucks on this, right? Because I've, no. I've seen them as much as $1,000. Yep. Yeah, you can buy the really expensive ones, but to be honest with you, it's really more about the filter and the coal and the charcoal portion of it that uh, even the lower cost ones are really pretty good. Uh, sleep. Weighted blankets. Yeah, you know, people who have anxiety at nighttime and sometimes people who just don't sleep well, um, we've found that weighted blankets actually work. Now, I'm not a big fan. I like to be a lot looser in my sleep, but some people like Like a ninja. You like to be like a ninja where you can jump up at any time. Correct. But a lot of people seem to like this feeling of this uh, heavy sensation on them. So anybody who has any sleeping problems just says, gosh, I can only sleep a couple hours, you know, and I wake up. This may be a gift that's easy, fairly inexpensive, and yet might help their sleep health, which we know how important that is, and we've discussed numerous times. We've got 30 seconds here, but you uh, you always do a good sermon for blood pressure cuffs at home. Yeah. You know, they're so easy now, and think about it. Before you used to go to the doctor, he would tell you your blood pressure one time, two times a year. Anybody who's taking blood pressure medicine or anybody whose family, again, has a history of heart disease, these things are so easy. They link to your phone. They have apps now that will send the information to your physician. So we can actually get a good picture of what your blood pressure is. Instead of trying to make a decision on changing your blood pressure medicine based on one one or two readings in the doctor's office. So um, it keeps you in mind. Uh, keeps you thinking about your blood pressure. You start to creep up, you're going to call the doctor and say, hey, I've just noticed my lower number is back into the 90s. What do I need to do? So I think it's a great gift. And Game of Thrones lawn dart still a bad idea? Yeah, that's still the bad idea. That yeah, that okay, charts is... Uh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that was right. <laughs> Dr. Kevin Mose, thank you, my friend. You got it. We'll talk to you guys soon. News coming up, 720 WGN. Uh, there could be a vote on uh, articles of impeachment by Friday. We'll keep an eye on that and all the other news. And uh, again, Steve Grzanich is out. Be back uh, when, Jen? Tomorrow. Grzanich is back in the saddle tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you got any hoops this week? Are you in all week? Uh, I do not, but I will be gone after tomorrow. Something I said? No, no. I'll... You can only do one show with me and something you got to get out again? No, no. I, I'll, okay. I'll be here next week every day okay i'm doing all five shows this week really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i gotta get a hold of somebody i haven't talked to my agent just hired a new agent he's a great guy but uh not getting it done 
If I'm doing five shows, i got to talk to him. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure on a girl. There, yeah, there is. <laughs> and we're excited to have an early, as an early hour, uh, Christmas music selection here this morning. From the Willowbrook High School Choir. Mary Vandeville, this is your high school? This is my high school from Villa Park. The um, Flying Horn Frogs of Willowbrook? No, they are the oh. Warriors, the Willowbrook Warriors. They just made it to the semifinals in football as well. Ooh, mm-hmm. what's up? Nice Very exciting, but this is the show choir, I believe. Uh, yes. And how do you know Karen? Uh, Karen Wolcott um, is the choir director, and she was my daughter, Kelsey's choir director. As well, and was Mary a pushy parent? Karen, did she uh, insist that her daughter be, uh, you know, a lead and that type of thing? <laughs> is Karen on a microphone in there? Can they hear me? Hmm, is that the wrong mic? Hello, 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 hello. All right, we got a technical issue. We need to address. <laughs> She's very nervous about talking to you. Oh, they're going to mime their performance. Oh no, oh, no. no, that's so good for radio. <laughs> that seems wrong completely. <laughs> So uh, we're looking into it right now. Anyway, uh, you didn't sing in high school. I did. Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in the choir as well, but she was not the teacher at that time. We had Mr. Greenhouse, so I, I was in the show choir, and that was one of the first years the show choir was in existence was when I was there. All right, Jen, can not you... not going to say the year, though. Uh, Jen, you sang? Oh, no, no, no. Nobody wants me to sing. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to walk on the stage for... Um, tryouts of our high school musicals and i would just walk right it. off just go no, up one I, side and down the other well kind of i'd walk up and i'd say i'm just here to dance i'm not here to sing i'm not uh, here to act i'm just here okay. to dance okay okay that's what i did at the joffrey on an audition yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. karen how are you i'm great sorry about that little technical snafu so was mary a pushy parent was she a stage mom oh never 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 she never got a call in the middle of the afternoon going no, hey how about you give not. my girl a chance my daughter didn't have a lead in that she she was an okay singer but you know wow <laughs> wow <laughs> well okay she she knew that she knew that but she she had a great time like that doctor in a commercial that gets reconfirmed for surgery <laughs> i'll see you in there she's not listening she's asleep so you got a great karen i just met the kids uh, for a second but it seems like a great group they are awesome. The best. How'd you pick them? You didn't like the other kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we have an audition process, and I bring in judges, and they have to audition. This is our show choir. Now, what does that mean, show choir? That means they sing and dance at the same time. Wow. Today, and, they're only singing. <laughs> and uh, these kids have been doing this since they were how old? Uh, probably a lot of them since grade school in their mm-hmm. chorus. Very nice. Uh, what's your background? My background? Well, um, I've been teaching at Willowbrook for 22 years. Wow. You look, you look like yeah. a very young woman. I don't know how that's possible. Well, thank you. It's yeah. called hair dye. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and uh, these kids in particular will be performing where? Uh, well, we have our major concert Tuesday night um, at Willowbrook High School, where we have all our alumni come up and join us in the Hallelujah Chorus. So any Willowbrook alumni, get your calendars ready for tomorrow night. It's orchestras, choirs, and guitars. And we've already done other performances, because we're sort of kind of mid-season here. All right. Now, have you got a quick one you can do for us here for the first song? Sure. We're going to sing Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells. Here we go. It's the Willowbrook High School Choir. Whenever you're ready. Christmas is here. Ding dong 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 ding dong
on your ding-dong there at the end. Um, but uh, I'm just blown away. We've had some amazing groups. Super Joe, nice job. You got rid of all of the bad groups and gave us nothing but the real good groups. I will take complete credit for that, for sure. It's tremendous. Uh, congratulations, Karen. That's a great-sounding group. Well, thank you. All right, we'll come back. You guys take a break. This is show business. Uh, so now kick back, call your agents, and we'll talk to you in a couple minutes. <laughs> Uh, did they sound great? They are terrific. Yeah, exceptional. Really, really I'm very really. proud. Good you job. You should be. Dave, did you want to add anything at this point, or is it, is it my turn? Nothing. nothing you got nothing, nothing to, nothing got to add? To, well, nothing it's great to, to be with you. <laughs> What's the story on the Russians getting voted out of the Olympics again? Yeah, the uh, World Anti-Doping Agency banned them for four years. Uh, no mention of Russia at the Olympics. That's in Japan, right? Summer Games and the Winter yep. Games. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big deal. Is a big deal, but but it's not uh, not totally. I, I gather not totally unexpected. Where's the IOC? Is it Switzerland? Uh, they're in Lausanne, Lausanne, Switzerland. Is that how it's pronounced? So is Putin going to take that over? You think he's just going to annex that too? I don't think so. No. Hmm. Well, he can't be happy. Vladdy's got to be upset about this. The the ban is uh, the Russian flag, anthem, and team names. At uh, Olympic and other international uh, major events. Now, they were banned from the last Olympics. Uh, yeah. And there was like a Confederation of Russian States flag yeah, or something. Exactly. Like yes. they changed the label. Right. And any medals they won still went to Putin. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so they'll be in in some form, but not in the form that uh, flying not, the Russian not, flag. Not uh, under the, the Russian flag. God, you remember when we were kids, the Olympics were a huge deal. Mm hmm. I mean, you'd wait four years, because that's when you had them, four years apart. Uh, and uh, it was just a huge deal. Well, they were, because winter and summer were the same year. Yeah. So it was four years. You waited four years. Now, it's every two years, you have one or the other. And uh, kids, there was three channels. Uh, kids gather around the radio set. Uh, there were three channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if one of them had the Olympics, uh, you know, they, they had all the viewers. I mean, the world stopped. They were always on ABC, though, weren't they? Yeah. They were back then, yeah. yeah. And then they went yeah. to uh, they went to uh, yeah. the Winter Olympics were on CBS for a while, and then they went to, to NBC, and they've pretty much owned it. Well, my band, the Dirty Commies from the Games program, continues to work well. So <laughs> yeah, it is. Let me get back to the Willowbrook High School Choir here, and Karen's a boss in there. And Karen, uh, uh, let's have all the kids say hi to their moms, unless you don't want to. If you want to say hi to your mom, one, two, three, say it. Hi, That's pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, uh, on the count of three, if you want to say hi to your dad, say hi to your dad. One, two, three. Hi, 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 Scott. I got to say, the hi, dad thing was a little weak. You know? There was less There was less enthusiasm for the dads. I don't know if it was less enthusiasm. It well, just Lauren and Scott got mentioned. Did you hear yeah. Lauren? <laughs> Michael. Michael. Lauren, Scott, and Michael all get mentioned. 
Michael Lebon. Yeah. Are these boyfriends, girlfriends? I'll tell you what. On the count of three, randomly mention people we don't know. One, two, three, go. How you doing, Caden? I really feel like we got to know them a little yeah, better there. We did. All right, Karen, obviously I've lost control of the room. So whenever you're ready, what are you going to sing now? Silver Bells. Oh, I love Silver Bells. Here we go. The Willowbrook High School Choir. They all have goosebumps. Yeah, you got people crying. And that's a good thing. Really, really, really beautiful. Karen, you do the arrangement on these? I do not. I purchase them. (laughs) We should take credit for it. Uh, No, Uh, I can't do that. No. Um, But uh, it takes a lot of work. How much practice do you guys do? We practice uh, about five hours a week. It's all extracurricular for this group. 
So it's five hours on top of homework and everything else. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm sure you're very impressed with the dedication. Uh, yes, always. And if you're 22 years of teaching, is this your favorite group of all time? Always. That's a good answer. <laughs> That's a very good answer. What are you doing when you're not teaching music? Um, I, I love to spend time with my family. I've got three children, and they're just wonderful, and I just love to be at everything I can for them as well. They're high schoolers? or what? Are uh, one college, a senior, and an eighth grader. And the college one is going where? Purdue Engineering. Oh, Boilermaker. Yeah. Yeah, Boilermaker. Boiler up. Boiler up. <laughs> Hammer down. Uh, Dave, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, they, they, I saw them at the game yesterday. Ah, okay, yeah. sure. I yeah, watched yeah. it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and her team won. Um, can you give me one more here? Yes, we've got one more. What's the song? Holly Jolly. Holly Jolly. All right, kids, whenever you're ready. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheese. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Oh, the mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you. Kiss her once for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you didn't hear, oh by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas. Christmas. This year, holly jolly, holly holly jolly, oh holly jolly. The mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you. Kiss her once for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you didn't hear, oh my golly, have a holly jolly Christmas. Christmas. Fantastic. You should be very proud, Mary Vandeville. Oh, I am. Superb. How about those doo whoppers? Yeah, the wop a bop a doo wop dudes. <laughs> That's awesome. They're like the pips. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> hey, you guys are fabulous. Thank you very much for making the effort to get in here. Karen, thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and uh, can the public get into that? Tickets are already gone. Again, Willowbrook High School. Absolutely. See you there. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. How about that? Karen follows the clock better than I do. We only got a couple minutes here. This uh, volcano eruption on this small tourist island off the coast of New Zealand, um, the death count is definitely going to go up from the five it's at now. They're hoping to find any survivors of those who are unaccounted for. And I believe they got 25-ish number, uh, as far as the number goes, off the island. Amongst those, 25, 26, 27 are five dead. But there's pictures 
of well there's websites to do tours to this volcano all over tourist websites several of those are shut down right now they say we're in the middle of an emergency call this number um but one that's still up says discover white island an active volcano on a full day tour from wakari island it's one of the world's most accessible live volcanoes disembark directly into the crater complex for a guided tour of the inner crater so there are pictures and video online of people inside the volcano seconds before it went up. Why does that not seem like a good idea? Yeah, it's awful. I would never want to do that. Like, I mean, it couldn't possibly have survived. Yeah. I mean, the, the people will visit, act, quote, active volcanoes all the time. This is one of the most active in the world, apparently. One of the most accessible. Anyway, say a prayer for him because uh, it'd be amazing to find survivors. All you can do is hope. Ah, let's give away Blackhawk tickets. These Blackhawk tickets, uh, Super Joe, as I understand it, are for the Wild game? Yeah, coming up uh, next weekend, I believe. Sunday, December 15th, courtesy of Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. For all the right reasons, Four Seasons. Find them online at fourseasonsheatingandcooling.com. Rose got another pair this afternoon. You'll listen every Monday for your chance to win. Morning, afternoon on this show and his show, uh, again, from Four Seasons. Uh, What do you want to do, Super Joe? How do you want to give them away? Uh, who scored the best goal last night? Who scored? No, you, you were at the game, right? The, you mean quantitatively? No, quality. I'm talking quality. Who quality. Yeah. So my opinion of who scored the best goal last night. Well, I don't like that. If you know what I'm thinking right now, 3-1-2. <laughs> no, I'm asking you who scored it, then we'll take his jersey number, and then we'll take that. Oh, it's Taves. Taves, the first goal. I think Call number 19. Goal. Yeah, 19. I sort of like the idea where you have to guess what I'm thinking. Uh, we'll come back with that winner and Ryan Nobles from CNN on the way on 720 WGN. Got a winner, uh, Super Joe? Yeah, we sure do. Abram from Trail Creek, Indiana is going to go to the game against the Wild on Sunday. And again, sponsored by Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. For all the right reasons, Four Seasons. Thank you to them, as always. It is 747. We go to Ryan Nobles from CNN. Happy Monday. Hey, how are you, Steve? Good morning. Got a good story for you right off the bat. A guy tried to steal a wheelchair, a wheelchair, wearing rainbow sl- or reindeer, I should say, reindeer slippers. He was riding a Phoenix, Arizona light rail train. This is the day after Thanksgiving. 26-year-old man abruptly leaps to his feet, wrestles a woman for a wheelchair. The man unlocks a bra- brakes in a wheelchair, then wheels a struggling woman toward the open train door. She grabs on a nearby railing. She finally upends a wheelchair, dumps her on the floor, and bolts off the train with a wheelchair. However... The video showed other passengers crowd out of the train after him. They shove him into a wall, grab the stolen wheelchair, and the police arrest him. Ah, that's a good story, that Ryan is, Nobles. That is great. I love to see people jumping in and helping uh, other people when they clearly see something going on. Yeah, that takes a lot of bravery. I don't know how many of us would do that, given that opportunity, so I'm very impressed. Well, I consider you a friend, Ryan, but I would punch you in the face if you stole a wheelchair. <laughs> As you should. I would deserve that if that is the the decision you made. And I would hope I could count on you to do the same. Exactly. I 100% would. All right, good. So Ryan and I would punch each other, just so we're clear. That sounds great. (laughs) That's a good start to a Monday. All right, so Jerry Nadler is the head of the Judiciary Committee in the House. He says we may have an impeachment uh, uh, article or two voted on by the end of the week. It seems as though the Democrats are pretty much feel that they've got the bulk of this argument, uh, you know, laid out on the table and that they're ready to move forward. What we're going to see today, these hearings about to start in about 10 minutes, uh, is kind of their closing argument. They, they, the committee had saying that this is going to 
going to be the day that most closely resembles an actual trial where you're going to hear from lawyers that are basically from both sides just going to go down line by line their arguments and, and whether or not they think the president should be impeached and on the Republican side why he shouldn't be impeached. And the Democrats feel that now they've got this nice tidy package that they can hand to their members and that you know, the articles will be unveiled sometime this week. And they could vote maybe as soon as this week, uh, but certainly next week. And they're on their timeline to have it done before Christmas. And then it'll go off to the Senate. I think the big question right now, Steve, the two big questions I have at least are, will the entire Democratic caucus stay together and, and Nancy Pelosi is able to collect every Democratic vote? Because I do think there are three or four Democrats in, in marginal districts that may stray away from the flock. And will there be any Republicans that stand up uh, and cast ballots in favor of impeachment. You know, there's a bunch of Republicans who are retiring who, you know, there are. there's no political consequence for them to vote in favor of impeachment if they think there's a problem here. And I think of, like, Will Hurd in Texas as an example. It doesn't look right now like any Republicans are going to vote for it, so this could be something that goes down on very partisan lines. And if it's straight party lines, uh, it's not even close. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's exactly the way it's going to be. I mean, you know, there's certainly enough Democratic votes alone uh, to get it out of the House, and then when it comes to the Senate, you know, you flip the script and the Republicans are going to be in control of it. You know, I think the question is, what's the perception then from the American people? You know, you already see this become a very polarizing issue. Republicans are very much opposed to impeachment. Democrats are very much in favor of it. When you have the symbolic nature of a very partisan vote, uh, that's only going to continue to fuel that feeling about the impeachment process in general. And then the question is, does that help Donald Trump going into the 2020 election, especially if he's given a trial in the Senate, which may serve as a vehicle for him to claim some level of vindication, which we know, as he's done in the past, that he's able to claim or at least attempt to claim vindication, even when that's not necessarily uh, the truth of the matter. It really seemed like there's, an, and you know, this is an inside-the-beltway thought process that goes on, which, frankly, is necessary at times. And then there's an outside-the-beltway reality of how people process things. Last week, when the Democrats um, and the Republicans, but this is a Democrat idea, uh, put up three professors, um, academics, and the Republicans had one to talk about what impeachment is and why it's important, uh, it was a huge miss. I mean, you needed maybe an hour of that, if at all. And uh, they did seven or eight or nine hours of it. And I guarantee you, if I could see the ratings drop off during the day, it must have fallen off like a slippery, icy hill. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think there were a lot of people watching, Steve, but the people that were watching were you know, ultimately people whose minds were already made up and, and they were watching because they wanted to continue to fuel their perception of the situation. You know, I just spent four days in Iowa, uh, you, you know, and when you follow these Democratic candidates around, and it's, these are the Democratic candidates, not the Republican candidate, nobody's talking about impeachment. You know, Bernie Sanders holds a town hall and you know, open up the questions to anything. You can ask him about anything. Never do you hear someone, and I mean this never, do you hear someone from the crowd ask a question about impeachment? They ask about health care. They ask about uh, minimum wage. They ask about a, a variety of these kind of kitchen table issues. But impeachment is not at the forefront, I think, of the average American's mind. Now, that doesn't mean that you still don't need to go through this process. That doesn't mean that it's dramatic and historic and it deserves all the attention it's getting. But in terms of its impact on the 2020 election, at least at this stage of the game, I don't see it having a major impact. And I do think that a lot of these Democratic candidates, specifically the ones that are going to play a role in this in January in the Senate, 
You know, you're talking Elizabeth Warren, you're talking Bernie Sanders, you're talking Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Michael Bennett. These are all folks that expected to spend the entire month of January in Iowa, and they're going to be in D.C. having to take part in this trial. So uh, in terms of a tangible issue, it's not something that you see these candidates talking all that much about, but it could have an impact just on the logistics of this process. And navigating that, I think, is going to be a, a difficult process for a lot of them. And then uh, you know, the other end of this is it allows Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, who don't have a responsibility in the Senate to spend all their time in Iowa right. and New Hampshire while everyone else is in Washington. You know, here's the thing, too. Uh, both sides have done a poor job of explaining what this is. But think of it in terms of this. If you've got a company, a big company, that's America, and the CEO, that's Trump, gets fired, he doesn't get fired by the people who work at the company, Americans. He gets fired by the board, Congress. Congress is empowered and and uh, and expected to do oversight. So impeachment is their job. So by the blatant campaigning and and uh, preening and poll watching that's been done, especially at a time now where we have access to every thought that goes on, um, both sides look just completely political on this with no interest in what it means for America or not. The question is pretty simple, really, Ryan, when you come down to it. Is the president a guilty of crimes and misdemeanors as detailed in the Constitution, to the best of our knowledge, or isn't he? Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right about that. And, and I also think that what we're seeing play out here is actually in part what the framers you know, had in mind when they created the impeachment process. They wanted that exit hatch. They wanted the ability to move someone who was completely corrupt out of office when the opportunity presented itself. But they also wanted to make it extraordinarily hard and almost impossible to do without bipartisan support. And so, you know, I, I'm not saying whether or not, you know, there's enough evidence here to say that President Trump is guilty of this. But just by nature, if you remove President Trump as kind of a character in all of this, and you're seeing how difficult impeachment is uh, and how you really cannot do it without both Republicans and Democrats, at least the step of removing a president from office, you know, as much as the framers wanted this kind of uh, safeguard in place, they also wanted to make sure that if you were doing it, that you had the full support of the American people in order to do it. So, you know, I, I just think that I, the thing I keep going back to about the whole process, Steve, and I, I do think the process itself was necessary because there were big questions about this. But the fact that this happened the year before the election, as opposed to year two or year one, or mm-hmm. even, you know, maybe the end of or beginning of year three, the fact that we're going to allow this to be in front of voters as an issue in November, I think is the big thing that's probably preventing a lot of people from taking that leap of saying, yes, it's time to remove him from office. You know, the, the American people are going to get their opportunity to wait on this in pretty short order. Uh, and they're all ultimately going to be the final judge and juror. Well, in 330 days, you just have to wonder what kind of damage the House, the Senate, and the President could do. So that's a concern. <laughs> By the way, Ryan, I'm casting you in my new version of A Christmas Carol, where President oh, really? Donald Trump has to imagine what life is like if he was never born with the ghost of impeachment past, present, and future. Huh? You like it? Yeah, I'm working on it right now. That's pretty great. You're mixing a bunch of holiday movies there, you know, with a little bit of It's a Wonderful Life, a oh, Christmas yeah. Carol, you know. You should try and get some National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in there as well, because that, that might there might be some hijinks that are appropriate for this you particular issue. Uh, okay, that's the first note <laughs> I'm listening to. All right, thank you, Ryan Nobles. We'll see you on the CNN. 
All right, guys, have a great week. Errol Spenny is Big Bird on the educational and entertaining children's television show, Sesame Street. Hello, how are you? How are you? I go up here. And it sounds cuter without me trying. However, Big Bird isn't the only role Carol plays on Sesame Street. When Carol isn't wandering around in masses of bright yellow feathers, he can be found living in the most famous trash can on television, the home of Oscar the Grouch. I love playing Oscar. He has a power I never had. Oh, I love trash. This clip from the Washington Post put together as a memorial to Carol Spinney. He died this weekend at 85. Very sweet man. Uh, understated, like Big Bird, and a very nice guy. But he was living, breathing Big Bird um, for all these years. And Oscar the Grouch as well. Really can't think of two more polar opposite characters yeah. than Big Bird, who loves everybody, and Oscar the Grouch, who doesn't like that many people. Do you think he ever had, like, arguments in his mind oh, sure. between Big Bird and Oscar? Well, you know, you know the comedian Frank Caliendo? He's come to the Paramount, by the way, mm-hmm. in the spring. Uh, but Frank Caliendo has been in here many times as well. Sure. Frank, Frank does That's tons great. of voices. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Frank's nuts. Uh, and you can't not, they can't not be nuts. I, I'll give you a big shocker for people that don't know. The guy that does uh, the Trump thing on the show? Not really Trump. No? No, he's really not. What? He's a guy that used to intern for me, who's a very funny dude. He's nuts. If you can do multiple voices, you have to have those chambered off somehow in your brain. There's something very, very wrong with you. Didn't uh, Kevin Matthews used to do that? Oh, there's so, Kev's nuts. Yeah, no question. <laughs> no question. When I do The Queen, it's the same thing. Something oh, right. wrong with yeah. me. I never thought yeah. of that. Of course, I only have two or three voices that I do, one of them being my own. And a squirrel. And a squirrel, exactly. Uh, but at any rate, um, Carol Spinney was uh, uh, a legend, as he should have been, on one I think is, there are two great children's shows. Now, I come from an era um, where Bugs Bunny and the Flintstones helped raise me. I'm talking about the original Bugs Bunny. Flintstones was fine. You know, it was entertaining. But Bugs Bunny was brilliantly written. There are so many Bugs Bunny cartoons um, uh, the Rabbit of Seville, where they took t- 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 the Barber of Seville opera and adapted it and animated it, made just tremendous. So, as smart and as funny as Bugs Bunny was, um, you, Fred Flintstone and Barney and Betty and Wilma and uh, Bam Bam and Pebbles and Joe Rockhead, now they were pretty good too. And Margaret Rock when she was the babysitter. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, kids today uh, are now adults if you were raised by Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers. We just saw the Mr. Rogers movie come out with Tom Hanks. Tremendous. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. And uh, Carol Spinney, that's a great loss. But he was 85 years old. He lived a great life. And he, he helped raise tons and tons and tons and tons of kids by just being a sweet man, being Big Bird. What a great legacy. Right. Not great for his grandkids, his grandkids' grandkids. Guess who I'm related to? Big Bird. <laughs> anyway, it's nice to uh, think back about when he was here in studio and 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 how weird it was talking to him. Because <laughs> he could drop in and out of Big Bird very easily. So, rest in peace, Carol Spinney, uh, gone at 85. Um, coming up, Alicia Quarles, uh, senior news correspondent at the Daily Mail TV. Does Channel 9 still run that, the Daily Mail TV show? Check that out if you would, please. We were talking about Carol Spinney. Let's talk about some of the other showbiz news going on. Dean's off today, but the lovely and talented Alicia Quarles joins us. Might remember her from E, but certainly from Daily Mail TV. 
Every afternoon at 3 on WGN-TV, the magic number 9. Good morning, Alicia. Good morning. How are you? Nice to talk to you. Senior news correspondent, Daily Mail TV. Always busy. Gets up in the morning, Dave. First thing on her mind is, what have these celebrities done while I was sleeping? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what haven't they done is the question. Yeah, we got a sad story here in Chicago. Juice World, the uh, young rap star, died at Midway this weekend. What do we know? Well, yeah, Juice World is a Chicago native. Um, he just had won Billboard, Billboard's Best New Artist. Just celebrated his 21st birthday. was coming from California to Chicago. Had a seizure at Midway Airport at about 3 a.m. He was alive when he was in the paramedics. By the time he got to the hospital, he passed away. And his autopsy is going to happen tomorrow. So we truly don't, I mean, people here, a 21-year-old died. You go, oh, my God, what could have happened? We don't know, do we? We truly, truly do not know. There's something going around on the Internet. One of his fans had posted in his comment section um, a week ago saying, you know, please stop doing drugs. We don't know if he was. He said, I have a premonition that you're going to die. So we don't know if this is a case of, you know, a seizure from lean or Percocet or something else went wrong. We just know that he had the seizure and he died from cardiac arrest. But 21, there's got to be something going on. Yeah, and there are uh, horribly genetic things that exist that don't uh, show their ugly face until someone passes. I mean, we see kids all the time. Uh, We were talking about this last week. There's a high school program here where high school kids are screened for heart issues. And every time they go through two or 3,000 kids, they find three or four that have very serious issues. So... Yeah, we need exactly. to. Exactly. Uh, and then you wonder, could it have been an aneurysm? Because sure. he had just gotten off of a flight, and you don't know until you know. But you go back and look at his lyrics, and he prophesized a lot of this. You know, he said, a lot of us don't make it until 20, to see 21. So it just is very sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Um, all right. So listen, I've got to talk to you about this Peloton commercial. Am I, <laughs> yes. am I the only one that didn't see trouble there? I mean, she's got a very expressive face. I'm assuming that's why she was cast. The Peloton people have the hardcore exercise group down. They're trying to expand their audience to people who maybe are a little intimidated by the bike. I mean, that's all I saw. How did I miss the offense? Guess what? I missed it, too. I still don't see the offense. I've gone back. I've rewatched the commercial several times, and I just I don't. Get it. But Peloton lost over a billion dollars in market share. Wow. So obviously you and I are in the minority on this one. And the big news over this weekend is the Peloton guy, Sean Hunter, who plays the husband in the commercial, he's speaking out. He was very upset because SNL parodied the commercial. And he says that he's sick of being tied to this movement that's seen as sexist. And he says Peloton has not reached out to him. And he's upset. But also he's capitalizing on it. He changed his Instagram to Peloton husband. There you go. That's an actor (laughs) right there. A total actor. But this is all the cancel culture. When you hear the kids say, yep. okay, boomer and cancel culture, now you know what both mean. But the cancel culture is, hey, uh, I heard you offended somebody, therefore no one should ever do business with you again. It's a total cancel culture. And also, I'm like, listen, if you can afford a bike for $2,500, just do your thing. I, I just think that this is a much ado about nothing. I know a ton of people that uh, they have Peloton, uh, and they love it. They're absolutely addicted to it, and they feel better for it. Yeah, right. I have some in my apartment building, and I love them, too. So, I, you know, anything to get your heart going and get yourself sweating, it's all good. This, this will pass over. All right, so Steve Harvey uh, was on the radio here in Chicago for years and competing with me. And I know Steve a little oh. bit, and I like Steve. I've always liked Steve. And, he, you know, for, forever, he, he, was, he was Ryan Seacrest, and Ryan Seacrest was Steve Harvey. They had all the jobs in show business. 
<laughs> and then his talk yeah. show his talk show went away and all that and then he made that mistake at a beauty pageant now he makes another mistake this weekend for real another mistake this weekend so you're talking about 2015 at the miss universe pageant when he announced the wrong winner well cut to this weekend the miss universe pageant again and once again he announced the wrong winner so this was in the costume competition really miss malaysia won best costume steve harvey says miss philippines won best costume miss malaysia says wait let me say something actually you're wrong this time steve though said you know what it's the prompter people. They messed me up. I'm just reading. I can read. So he defended himself. But it's like, come on, Steve Harvey. All right, two questions. I don't want to go complete cons- conspiracy theory here, but was somebody messing yeah. with him? I, you know, I think somebody might have been messing with him for sure, because how could it be, once again, you mess up the Philippines like you did in 2015? Right. But also, hi, but also, Steve, sir, you know that you've got to be on your P's and Q's because right. you've messed this up before. Well, Steve's a great marketer. Uh, any chance he screwed it up on purpose to go, uh, you know, viral today? Is look like the nice guy. And that's what I think. I, you right? know, I'm, I'm with you on that conspiracy. Absolutely. Uh, he's a smart enough man to know, you know, what's up. Her costume was so elaborate. I don't know how you could mistake the two different countries. So I, I do think that it was a blunder on purpose. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to figure it out, Alicia. I mean, you, you, I'll, you know, I'll get on the case. I mean, you and I are all over this, please. All uh, over it. Love it. Love it. We'll report back on this one. Follow Alicia on Instagram. Alicia L. Quarles, Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. And don't forget Daily Mail TV daily, 3 P. 3 p.m., Dave, on your Channel 9. WGN-TV, Chicago's very own. Set your DV and your R. I mean, all of it. All of it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. 824. How about some good news? world's full of bad news. You want some good news? I've got some good news for you today. Tell me what kind of good news would you like. Any good news on a Monday. Well, we had just had a wonderful performance by the Goodbye, the kids. No, yeah, I didn't the think choir. No, I didn't think it was so good. What? So, of course, you were great. <laughs> hey. How about the story of a miracle? A five-year-old carried a toddler about a half mile in frigid Alaskan weather oh, this weekend. This. The pair were left home by themselves. The temperature was minus 31. The what? power went out at the house. The five-year-old got scared. He picked up the 18-month-old baby sister, baby brother. I'm not sure which. Walked to a neighbor's house in, a, in the village that was literally a half mile away. The children who were dressed just in socks and light clothing, both were injured from the cold. Police determined that Julie Peter, 37, the mother, had left them alone. She was arrested, charged with a count of first degree endangering the welfare of a minor. And uh, she was placed in Fairbanks Correctional Center on the charge. The village, which is in northeastern Alaska, is south of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. I mean, that's the other thing. If you're in rural Alaska, you are suddenly coyote food and wolf food. And bears. And bears, like Abigail sees all the time. Yeah. Uh, Alaskan state troopers received a welfare check request for the kids back on December 3rd and chartered a plane to the village because they had to. That's how they get to the village. The state of Alaska Department of Public Safety didn't immediately respond to a request for further comment. So this awful, allegedly awful person leaves her five-year-old and an 18-month-old home alone. The power goes out. I'll tell you what she did right, though. She taught the kid there was a nearby place you could walk to. Because that five-year-old's a rock star. Yeah, they probably didn't have phone either. And as that little brother or little sister grows up, better not give my big brother any trouble at all. You wouldn't even be here without me, you little creep.
But there, you know, we got kid of the week tomorrow. Kid's kid of the year automatically right there. All right, you probably want another good news story, don't you? You look like you do. How about a story of Khalil Mack? Chicago Bears linebacker spending his own money and spreading Christmas joy. He's uh, from Florida. I think it's Fort Pierce, isn't it? Isn't that where Mack's from? I think that's it. The store in Fort, the Walmart in, in Fort Pierce, Florida. Yeah, it's his hometown. Mm-hmm. Said, we here at Walmart would like to thank Khalil Mack and the Khalil Mack Foundation for your generosity and making so many families happy for the holidays. He and his foundation paid off 300 holiday, holiday, <laughs> holiday layaway accounts. Paid them off. Wow. Wiped the slate clean. Isn't that a good story? You see, you like these good stories when I do these good stories. You didn't even know you could still do layaway. Yeah, I kind of didn't either. Yeah. I thought that was like a Kmart thing of the past. Yeah, like when we were kids, right? Yeah. And I have one more good news story for you. This one's going to make you cry. The first time he spoke to her in 1943 was by the Auschwitz crematory. David Wisney realized that Helen Spitzer was no regular inmate with him. Zippy, as she was known, was clean, always neat, beautiful. She wore a jacket. She smelled great. They were introduced by a fellow inmate. Her presence was unusual in and of itself. A woman outside the women's quarters speaking with a male. Before Mr. Wisney knew it, they were alone, all the prisoners around them gone. It wasn't a coincidence, he later realized. They made a plan to meet again in a week. On their set date, when it's planned, meet at the barracks between four and five. He climbed on top of a ladder made up of packages and prisoners' clothing. She had arranged it, a space amid a hundred piles, just large enough to fit the two of them. He was 17, she was 25. I had no knowledge of what, when, or where. He was reminiscing. He's now 93. They were both Jewish inmates at Auschwitz. They both survived. Mr. Wisney initially forced to collect the bodies of prisoners who had killed themselves. He'd been chosen to entertain his Nazi captors when they discovered he was a talented singer. That's what kept him alive. Ms. Spitzer was the camp's graphic designer. The two became lovers. But then they were split up. And on the day they split up, he sang to her. 72 years later, they met again. Just this fall, Mr. Wisney has sat in his house for 67 years in Levittown, Pennsylvania, looking through old photographs. There are few people left who know the details, he said. But in January, Mr. Wisney plans to fly to meet the woman he talked to on the phone, to Auschwitz. The last big anniversary was five years ago. And the last thing he did was she asked him to sing. Would you sing to me? He did. And he'll sing again. When he goes to Auschwitz to remember the survivors. Oh, man. How about that for powerful? Power of love, power of years, power of survival. Hmm. Yeah, you know, we're all blessed. And sometimes you need to stop and count those blessings a little uh, more than you, you normally do. So, coming up at 830. We'll get the news here in just a second. After that, the Steve Cochran Show will continue with Coach Colleton. Before 9 talk a little bit about last night's nip and tuck and loss and the shootout and other things and uh again thanks to everybody out at the northwestern surgical center who uh, performed a procedure on me last thursday and i believe after donating uh my colon to uh, science um there's a lot to be learned <laughs> really yeah yeah i do think so no i had a colonoscopy and why am i sharing that intimate information with you because you need to get one too if you're 50 or older go get it you do not want to wait. I have two uh, people in my life, uh, very close to. One, fortunately, is still here. One isn't. And what happened is they started to have changes in their daily habits, uh, indications. There was some uh, some plumbing trouble, some stomach issues. And they waited too long to go get checked out. 
And by the time they did, they had uh, stage four uh, colon cancer. It's miraculous that one of them has survived, and he is fighting it, man. He's, he's still fighting it. But it's a very difficult and, 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 and tragic thing. It, does, it doesn't have to go that route. My father, my father had colon cancer, killed him in five years. Um, you remember the wine diva from my old afternoon show? She died in three years. Oh, and she fought so hard. She didn't make it to 40. Oh, my gosh. So sad. Great lady. So please take care of yourself. That's why I bring it up. Sure, the entertainment of me wandering around a hospital in a buttless gown. I mean, that's entertaining as well. But this is more informative than entertaining. And I didn't bring that up to Dr. Most this morning. But come on. What's with the friggin' gowns? You can operate on a fetus while it's still in the mother's womb. You can do the most intricate of neurological procedures, brain surgeries. But I'm still wearing a buttless gown. And, and by the way, it's not because of access. Access isn't easier in those things. I swear to God, Mary, I don't know how you guys wear dresses. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, the thing is, can't they just put a piece of Velcro on the back exactly. of those? Exactly. That's all you need is just one piece of Velcro. I know it might get stuck to things, but come on. No, you take the Velcro and you pull it down in front. You have it whatever area you need. Yeah. Velcro patches over whatever area you need. Works for everything. You know, and if you want, license it. Do it like a NASCAR suit where you have various product uh, names on you. Yeah. Whatever. Well, you don't want that much more advertising, do you? <laughs> so, um, but a lovely staff at Delnor, and thank you for all of that. Several of which uh, were nice enough to say they listened. And also that I'd be gassy after the procedure. So that was nice, too, that they brought that up. <laughs> That's very nice. Now, the other thing is, I started watching this weekend. And I assume you've seen it. Many of you have, anyway. The new De Niro, Pesci, uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Pacino. Mm -hmm. Is that the Irish? The Irish. Well, that's the three and a half hour movie. Yeah. Oh. I've already watched it. (laughs) I've already watched one movie. I'm two hours in. I got an hour and 40 minutes to go. Oh, my gosh. Um, It's ridiculous to say a three hour and 40 minute uh, movie is slow, but it's slow. However, it's really entertaining. Great performances. Here's the one thing that nobody's talked about that I'm aware of. Because they have to show De Niro in particular uh, as a younger man and as an old guy. The old guy you can pull off. He's almost 80 years old. But the younger guy died with the jet black hair. There's only so much CG you can pull off. And there's a weird thing going on with his eyes. Have any of you guys started watching or see it? No, not yet. Haven't had the time. Can you start watching like 15 minutes and go back and watch yeah. another and you'll still yeah. know what's yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's got like dog eyes. What does that mean? You don't really see a pupil. You know what I mean? It's just, just staring at you. A couple of black dots staring at you. It is does, pretty distracting. Does he have honest. weird contacts in maybe? No, this is, a, this is a, an effect to try to make him look younger. And they're, they're blue, right? The eyes are blue? Mm-hmm. And they're like super blue. Well, they must be the contacts. They're really friggin' blue. Um, but anyway, I, having said that, you can get around that, but it's distracting in the movie. Uh, it is violent. Um, unlike Beauty and the Beast at the Paramount, which I saw Friday night with my but family. that's not Abigail, violent? No violence whatsoever. Well, there's, you know, there's a couple of scenes with wolves. Right. Yeah, but Abigail's, wolves, almost, yeah. Abigail's almost four, and she was okay. I wouldn't suggest younger than four. Um, and uh, are we giving away tickets? We really are. Well, that's weird. I want to say uh, thank you to Jim Jarvis and everybody out at the Paramount. Jim's a great guy. I do, look, I got tickets right here. 
Super Joe, did you know this? I have tickets to this. Yeah. How about that? It's incredible. I have a pair of tickets to Beauty and the Beast now playing through January 19th at the Paramount Theater in Aurora, Disney's most beloved animated film. Comes to life on stage with all the Enchanted Castle characters. Uh, get your tickets at ParamountAurora.com. Cast brilliantly, sung brilliantly. And when I started to do this in the car afterwards, tale as old as time. Abigail sweetly said to me, Pop, stop it, you ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's the coach, Jeremy Colleton, and let's see here. The coach is brought to you by Dave Ennett Enterprises. Uh, see Dave Ennett, the official Dave Ennett of the Steve Cochran Show. Proud to be associated. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing okay. Did you hear what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs in the National Football League? Uh, did they win? They actually did win, but their equipment almost didn't show up at the game. Got to the game. Well, they won, though. Got to the game like two hours prior to, and they actually were having a discussion about what to do, would there be a forfeit? That would have been tough. The equipment guys, I mean, can you talk for a second about how important the background guys are that don't get any pub? No question. I mean, the show wouldn't run without them. Um, And these these guys, the the elite athletes are quite demanding. I don't know if you I'd heard that. that. Yeah, I'd heard that. (laughs) So... They're, they do a great job to get, you know, it's very important, obviously, the, the equipment they use. And uh, players, they want it a certain way, and uh, the, the equipment guys. And, I mean, all the there's a lot of sports staff that, that work really hard to make things go. And I think we have the best in the business, so uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, a lot of unsung heroes. And can we agree that no equipment in sports smells worse than hockey equipment? Well, I, I couldn't argue it. I don't. I, 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 don't have, I don't have experience in uh, some of the other sports, but I got a got a tough time coming up with another option. Been in a couple of hockey dressing rooms, have you? One or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. one or two. That's true. Um, all right. So uh, last night, uh, great first period, not so great second period, and then you get into overtime in the shootout. Thoughts on the game? Yeah. Uh, we had a decent start. I thought we were really clean with the puck early on. We made a lot of plays, and we caught them in transition uh, multiple times. Could have had more goals than we had. Um, you know, I thought penalties took a toll on us. We took too many, and, uh, you know, that wore us down. The guys who kill, um, they played too many minutes yesterday. And uh, then, you know, that affected our 5-on-5 five five play. And I also thought uh, when when we were killing – we needed to have um, a better mentality. It looked like we were trying to score, and uh, we paid the price for it by giving up You know, the second and third goal. We had control of the game, and then all of a sudden it's 3-3, and uh, that was disappointing. You know, So we had a good start, and we were in a good position, and uh, you know, we ended up relying on a great goaltender performance to get us a point. So um, you know, we'll take that point with us, but, but I really – we need to respond with uh, in the next game. Just playing simple, playing smart, good habits. Give ourselves a chance to win the game. Uh, where you know that's what we did on the road, and when we got four out of four points. And I thought yesterday was a step back in that regard. Well, Jeremy, what was your take on the uh, on the Gilbert uh, fight and the and the ensuing penalty? Well, I think we we could have had a power play on the on the hit on Debrinket, and then uh, I like that he answered. Um, you know, you'd love if he could have done it without taking an instigator, um, maybe a wait 
maybe you know but at the same time uh the intentions were were great and uh our team should have responded off that we we didn't kill a penalty and so then it becomes a bit of a letdown and uh, i'm not sure that's his fault a lot of people were super excited when andrew shaw came back i was one of them what do you need to do to get chazzy going well he needs to get healthy <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing not 100 um, percent by any stretch right no, I mean he's. We'll see. I don't. I'm not sure how long he'll be out, but uh, well, if you're worried, you wouldn't tell me. Yeah. Well, we try. We try. <laughs> we give you what we can. Uh, he's. I think when he's played, he's played well. He's given us an element that that we didn't have as much of last year, as far as some sandpaper and and uh, energy and uh, very important in the dressing room. So, uh, of course, we he'll be a hole while he's out. You know that's a that's a phrase I've never heard. Sandpaper, sandpaper. He's rough, right? He he's the rough guy. He, he can rough yeah. it up out there. Rough around the edges. You ever heard sandpaper? You ever heard sandpaper dropped in so smoothly, Dave? On it? Yeah, that was that was really well done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that and act like I made it up. So so you look at the two games that you won on the road, and you kind of alluded to this a moment ago. But but for a team that's struggling, you go on the road, you you get a, a win. Uh, in overtime in Boston, where the Bruins have—I know they did lose uh, just over the weekend, but but they haven't lost at home in in regulation prior to that. And uh, they lose uh, in overtime to you. What is what kind of a lift do you get from a game like that? Yeah, I, I just really liked our approach. Our mentality was uh, a winning one, as far as just. Playing simple, playing the right way, you know, defending, um, focusing on limiting, you know, their chances as far as you know, making sure we're always on the defensive side of the puck. And then I thought we were quite clean with it. Uh, sometimes you can't be because you're under pressure, and then you, you force them to come through five guys to score. And uh, that, that made a big difference for us. And we created enough. Like we, you know, we we created more than enough chances. Uh, we don't need to give up offense to to defend, uh, and that's the mentality we need to win. All right, so I got to ask you the goalie question, and that is, of course, the guy stands on his head. I'm telling you, uh, Robin made one of the greatest. Leonard, I'm talking about, made one of the greatest saves I've ever seen. Period. He went post to post. He cartwheeled. It was Cirque du Soleil time. Have you seen a save like that recently? Not recently, no. That was uh, was outstanding. He was great for us. He's been great for us. Uh, allowed us the opportunity to, to get one point. Would have loved to get two. But uh, he's playing really well. He's and, been phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, he has been very honest about how much the shootout bothers him. I'm not a fan of the shootout, to be honest, Coach. I mean, I think at least you ought to have a consistent speed and not do this jerky stop-and-go thing. Having said that, both sides get equal shots. Before this becomes a thing with fans, would you ever consider switching goalies at that point? And, of course, the question is, do you bring a cold goalie in? Yeah, that's, you just said it. That's tough. I mean, it, it, I don't know how you do that and not risk injury to to the guy who's coming in. But, uh, hey, we, we look at everything. Do you, do you think he's got a valid point? And do you think that maybe they need to look at, at how – the, the shootout is officiated or, or how the rules govern uh, the shootout and, and to try to make make it less of a, uh, I don't know, a, 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 an advantageous situation for the skater? 
Um, I don't know. That's the rules. It's yeah. uh, we wouldn't be talking about it if we were winning those shootouts. So it's well, we'd be kinda, talking about other things, right? No, you're exactly right. But since we, we'd find something else. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, we 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 have to get as many points as we can sure. with the rules the way they are. But if the rule change, <laughs> no, yeah, no don't, you, don't do it. I'm Steve. telling you, Dave. The one way you do this is a shot clock. You got five seconds. Well, I like, to stick I like the idea of just playing more. I like the idea of just playing more three and three. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. But uh, you know, at some point you need to end it. Um, I just like the idea of it still being hockey, but it is that's something that's not in our control. So we we need to find a way to to get points. I'm going to make a call to Toronto because you know they're very big on my opinion, coach, as you could imagine. So yes, I I could imagine that. <laughs> hey, I'll see you at the Christmas party. Okay, right. sounds good. Thank you, coach. Thanks. I won't. Thanks, guys. That's Coach Jeremy Carlton. Where are you going to be? I won't. I don't know. I wasn't invited. Yes, you are. You're always invited. I got Part of the Blackhawks family. What are you talking about? I didn't get the invitation. Oh, it's in the mail for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. So Viv wants to know if she's invited. No, absolutely not. Uh, no, for sure. Uh, a shot clock. From the time you touch the puck. That actually makes sense. And But I understand, Jeremy... Not oh, he's the to, coach. He's got to play by well, the rules. Well, but the rules are what they are, and they, he's right. I mean, they're, this is the system, so you've got to find a way to operate within it. But um, Three seconds from the time he touched the puck. Hosa would be okay with that, because he'd, he'd get to the top of the circle and just Bang! look at him. Yeah, but that, I don't know, three might be a little quick. Five feels like a lot to me. Are you thinking, like, if I'm skating? Yeah. If I'm skating, I'm going to need 30. I was going to say. Because there's a couple of falls in there, yeah. and i got to get back up. The Northwestern Medicine Newsroom and John Williams coming up. Server Joe, did I ask you who won the Beauty and the Beast tickets? You did not. That would be uh, Dave from Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. Congratulations, Dave. Listen, uh, yeah, I get up at night, uh, you know, and, and, and then get up in the morning at the hour I get up. You don't get to go out very often. But if you're playing bartender at home, you got to have drink works. I mean, you got to have Drinkworks. Drinkworks has about 19, 20, 21, 22 different versions of drinks you could make right in your home. Think about Keurig, right? The Keurig company? Mm-hmm. The pods for the coffee? Yeah. Imagine if you had a machine and the pods are the alcohol mixed in the machine to make the perfect mixed drink. It's a miracle! That's like a dream. Uh, it's, it should be called the Ennit. <laughs> it shouldn't be called Drinkworks. Bad. You can make a Cosmo. You can make beer. And I'm telling you, the taste works. Push-button margaritas. Wasn't I in a band, John Williams, called Push-button margaritas? <clears throat> um, yes, thank I you. I, was. I was in the college band. Uh, this week only, in addition to an early bird discount of 100 bucks, take another 100 bucks off. Now, here's the thing. These things are so popular, they literally haven't made enough. They're going to run out. So I would highly recommend, if you're thinking wow. about ordering, you do it. They're Plus, like the chicken sandwiches of cocktail they are. makers. They are the Popeye's chicken sandwich of cocktail makers. It's Drinkworks. 100 bucks off for the early bird discount. Take another 100 bucks off and get free shipping. It's half price. Uh, it's Drinkworks. Save 200 bucks off standard pricing plus free shipping. Now, don't wait. It's not going to last, and it's just because you listen to this show, because you're going to put Steve in as the promo code at checkout. That's Drinkworks.com. Use the promo code Steve. Drinkworks.com, promo code Steve. 9 o'clock. Hi, John. You're a couple of bright guys. We do a mega Monday morning quiz, trivia, 10 questions, always about something in Chicago. All right. Today, because the Bears are still in the playoff hunt, Uh a Bears quiz for you. A Bears quiz, got it. The Bears have played the most games where? 
Wait, explain. Like, give me a sample. Uh, like a venue, a stadium. Oh, I see. Okay. Not Rig- a city. Wrigley Field. That's a pretty clever guess. That's not right. The answer is in the 10 o'clock hour. I'm going to go off the board and say the Coliseum in Los Angeles. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> How many oh. championships have the Bears won? Hmm. 45. They won a bunch in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, that one's too hard. Yeah. How about this one? Uh, who is the Bears all-time tackles leader? Well, I don't know if this is true, but I say Hampton just because he will hurt me if I don't. <laughs> uh, Hampton because he will hurt me if I don't is actually the is that answer. answer. Wow. Urlacher. It's Urlacher or Singletary. Yeah. What about that? Dave, you want to take yes or Urlacher? It's, what, it's both of them? It's one or the other. Oh, you got to go. Okay, we're out of time. <laughs> In the 10 o'clock hour. What? All right, everybody on CLTV. John's here. We'll see you tomorrow. So.